Amen. The cookies are sitting on the counter, but you've just begun a diet. No one is around at work. You can leave early. They won't know. You get home extremely late, and your parents ask you where you were. Lying will save you a great deal of trouble. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in the till. No one will notice if you take a few dollars for yourself. Your child needs you. Your child is waiting on you, but they can wait a little while while you distract yourself. It's all rather innocent, right? Just, just a little bit of flirting, just some looking, just some wanting. It's cold. It's dark out. Just skip the worship of Almighty God. No biggie. Temptation. Some serious, some less so. It's come your way and mine, and it will continue to do so as long as we draw breath. Today is the first Sunday of Lent. The season of the church year where you and I are invited to repent of our sins, to do some deep searching of our hearts, and to allow God to do some inward spiritual cleaning and scrubbing. And every year the first Sunday of Lent always includes the account of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness by the devil. But interestingly, this year it also includes the account of Adam and Eve and their temptation in the Garden of Eden. Two stories of temptation with two different endings. In the first story, Adam and Eve cave. They give in to temptation, and there is an immense consequence for them and for every human being after them. The tendency to sin, to choose the lesser good, the way opposed to God, the self-centered way, becomes part of human nature. If you've ever noticed that temptation in yourself, that tendency, raise your hand. In the second story, Jesus resists. He overcomes temptation. And the consequences for him and every human being that follows are immense. Through Jesus, an antidote is made available to strengthen human beings in the face of temptation. And an antidote that will also forgive them when they give in to it. If your faith has ever either forgiven you or helped you to resist temptation, raise your hand. Okay. Now, biblically, in the big storyline of the Bible, the passage is kind of making the point that where others failed to follow Jesus perfectly, excuse me, follow God perfectly, Jesus will succeed. Where others failed to overcome evil, Jesus will ultimately triumph. Temptation is sometimes in our society seen as something slightly naughty, but rather thrilling and exciting. Perhaps even illicit and forbidden. And thus secretive and seductive. 
popular television and movie shows regularly draw in millions of viewers, probably us included, using this portrayal of temptation and giving in to temptation. As do romance novels of various kinds with their predictable but apparently satisfying plot lines that are read by millions. Now while temptation and giving in to temptation may sometimes be for a very short period of time, like that earlier description, exciting and so forth, usually temptation, and certainly always in the long run, is often of a different character. It is often depressing, crushing, humiliating, and draining. Just ask the man who has to look his wife in the eye and admit that he's been having an affair. Ask the individual who has tried dozens of times to lose weight, to quit smoking, to keep a new schedule, or whatever, but continually finds himself giving in to temptation. If you can relate to any of that, say amen. Or equally, ask the individual who is making progress in losing weight, quitting smoking, the new schedule, whatever it is, but they find resisting temptation to be quite difficult. If you can relate, say amen. The experience of resisting temptation can be taxing and wearisome. The experience of giving in to temptation can be discouraging and depressing. How did I get to this point? Will I ever change? Why do I even bother to try anymore? Giving into temptations, certain temptations like hurtful gossip, coasting in a marriage, and overeating may seem less weighty to temptations to lie, cheat, and steal. But from the Christian perspective, they all can lead us to becoming slaves to our worst selves, instead of being, with God's help, our best selves. Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century British preacher, has some advice in this area. Dr. Spurgeon says this, quote, What settings are you in when you fall? Avoid them. What props do you have that support your sin? Eliminate them. What people are you usually with? Avoid them. There are two equally damning lies Satan wants us to believe. Number one, just once won't hurt. Two, now that you've ruined your life, you are beyond God's use and might as well enjoy sinning. Learn to say no. It will be of more use to you than to be able to read Latin. End of quote. Mark Twain, the great 19th century American writer, has equally useful advice, though it's much briefer. There are several good protections against temptation, but the surest is cowardice. Temptation and giving in to temptation tears up the human soul far more than it tantalizes. And this season of Lent, these next 40 days, is an invitation for you and me to be honest with God about our temptations and honest with others about them. 
and to seek the help of God and God's people in resisting and in overcoming them. Often, if we habitually give in to a temptation, like it's almost a part of our character, you and I are going to need some help. We'll need God's help, and also help that God provides through other Christians, maybe even a counselor or a support group, depending on the temptation you keep giving in and how destructive it is to your life. Now the big obstacle here is that we rationalize. We say things like, well, I can handle this. I'm going to do it on my own. I'll deal with this later. It's not a big deal. I deserve this. Yet sooner or later, we find ourselves lamenting our pitiful state and once again yearning to be free, and the mental dance begins all over again with its agony. Now, the good news is, whatever your temptations... Well, let me just pause for a second and say that to be tempted in of itself is not necessarily sinful. Jesus was tempted. To be human, temptations will come. But the good news is, whatever your temptations, and whatever temptations you've given into, however horrible you might think they are, whatever you've done by giving in to temptation, whatever you've allowed to be done to you by giving in temptation, or what you have done to others by giving in to temptation, there is mercy forgiveness, and new life available to you through the love of God as revealed in Jesus Christ. When you come forward this morning for Holy Communion, as you lift your hands to receive, hand over to God your struggles and your temptations and receive from God strength for your struggles and your temptations. But don't just stop at the altar. Don't just have a moment of conviction while you're sitting here in church and going, yeah, I really need to stop doing that, or I need to start doing this, or whatever the case may be. Don't just leave it here for a moment in church. Leave this place committed to finding the help and support you need to live more faithfully, more free, to be more the person God created you to be. Amen.